Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Would you open up your Bibles with me, your Android, your iPad, whatever you have? Would you open up with me to the book of Mark chapter 6? Let me preface this for you. Jesus is speaking. He calls to the disciples and he begins to speak to them. And as he speaks to the disciples, he's getting ready to send them out. Send them out where? Send them out into the world. Send them out. And and as he sends them out, this is what happens. You ready? Mark chapter 6, verse 7. I'm reading out of the message version. It says, Jesus called the twelve to him and sent them out in pairs. And he gave them authority and power. Now, let me just lean on this for just a moment. Because Jesus doesn't just send you out without first equipping you. And a lot of the struggle that you faced in 2013 was just set up for 2014. He's sending you into a new year. He's sending you into a whole new year. And he's sending you out with the same thing that he sends out the disciples with. With authority and with power. Look at your neighbor and say authority. Like a Niner fan, say authority. Oh, come on somebody. Like a Jesus follower, authority. Now, now say it like a Raider fan and power. And power. We don't got any Raider fans in the house. Come on, somebody. Jesus is sending you out with authority and power. Say authority and power. He sent them off with these instructions. And I'm just jumping around. Don't you think, don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. Now, a lot of times we think, We have to have everything together to have everything together. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like everything has to be perfect for us to get into his word. Or everything has to be perfect to show up to church. Or everything has to be perfect to be happy. I like what T.D. Jakes says. He says, we live in a society today that can't cook a pot roast without a slow cooker. They think they can't cook a pot roast without potatoes. Throw something else in there. Use what you have. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. And then he says, you are the equipment. He says, I'm sending you out and you're already equipped. You've got it. The problem is when we look at it, ourselves in the mirror most times we don't think we got it we think that you know what that we just can't go on think can't you can't be happy or your marriage can't flow the right way jesus says it's inside of you already you got the equipment i've sent you out with authority and with power use what you have and watch god do with the rest don't worry about the rest you just give god what you have and watch what god does 
And then he goes on and he says, no special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. And, you know, it goes on. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and skip down to verse 12. And it says this. Then they were on the road. They preached. The disciples. Then they were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Isn't it great to know that no matter how hard it gets in life, that when Jesus shows up, life can be radically different. I mean, have you ever gone through a hardship where you just see no pain, no, no hope at all? There's just, there's just absolute. Have you ever been just discouraged or depressed or, or just frustrated or angry? And you just, just don't see, all you see is roadblock more than road. You see darkness more than you see light. Hell is all around you. But when Jesus shows up in the story, every single story that we see in the Bible, every single time Jesus showed up, things radically changed. They didn't subtly change. They didn't say perhaps we'll change. Everything becomes to come in order with God because God is a God of order. And so life, whatever it is that you faced in 2013, whatever it is that you face right now, Maybe it's a death in the family. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, financial crisis. Maybe it's, you know, strife in the home. Whatever it is, I guarantee you this, that when Jesus shows up, life can be radically different. Y'all not hearing me. They're not woken up yet, Sister Catalina. They're not woken up yet, but that's okay. I want to speak to you today. My subject is broken, mended second-winded. Come on, say it with me. Broken, mended, second-winded. Broken, mended, second-winded. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you, Jesus. I pray, God, that I would move out of the way and that your Holy Spirit would take over, that you would do what you want to do, God, in the hearts and the lives of your children, God. That you would restore families, restore marriages, restore finances, God. Lord, that we would know, Lord, without a shadow of a doubt, that when you show up in the story of our lives, that life can be radically different, no matter what stage we're in. In the name of Jesus, we all say, Amen. Amen. There's two things that the Lord weighed heavy on my spirit this year. And the first thing came at a time when there was a lot of uncertainty in the life of my family. There were some things that, you know, we needed to see happen, things that weren't happening. And, and, you know, not to get into too much detail, let's just put it this way. It was just straight up tough. And so what ends up happening is, is um, you know, you hear the Bible, you read the Bible, you, you know, you, you sing the songs and, and you talk about moving forward and you talk about, you know, um, I'm progressing and, and seeing God work in your life. But the fact of the matter is, is we all get to a place in our lives where we don't see things happen exactly the way we think they're supposed to happen. Amen. There are times in your life where you're singing the songs about moving forward and you're not moving forward. 
It feels like you're in a box, like you're in a cage, like, you know, you're like, God, I'm singing the songs, I'm saying the scriptures, but something is, hello, God, am I on hold? Do I, where's the ticket? Do I need to pull a ticket? Do I need a number or something like that? And there's, there's places in your life that you will all go through, every single one of you, where you just try to figure out what is going on, God, because I don't see you moving on my life. Here's the thing about this is this came at a time when that was the situation in my life. And here's what Bishop Steve said when he came down and he spoke just, uh, you know, some, some uh, earlier months back this year. He said something while I was going through this time and our family was going through this time. And it just revolutionized my life because it, it, was, yeah, it was something simple. It wasn't anything really, really major, but it just made sense. And it just clicked. And he said this. He said that the kingdom of God is always moving forward. And I began to think about this, like, then why am I not moving forward, God? And I just began to pray into this because it was just resonating in my spirit. It just kept on repeating the spirit of God. The kingdom of of God is moving forward. The kingdom of God is moving forward. And here's the thing about the kingdom of God. Let me put this, let me put a little salt and pepper on this, okay? The kingdom of God has never suffered a setback. The kingdom of God has never had a bad day. The kingdom of God doesn't have lack. The kingdom of God has never played from behind, never had to uh, make a, a game-pointing, sh- a game-point uh, last-minute shot. The, game, the, the kingdom of God has never played for a tie. The kingdom of God has never had a bad day. And so the Lord just began to just speak this into my spirit. And I was just like, okay, God, so I get it. The kingdom of God never has taken a step back. The kingdom of God is always moving forward. But why am I not making any progress? God, why am I not seeing any headway? Why don't I see any light in the tunnel, light at the end of the tunnel? And God just continued to just resonate this in my spirit. And the Lord began to ask me a question. You know that when the Lord really wants to get down to the the nitty gritty of things, to the root of things, he always ask a question. Read the New Testament with Jesus. Jesus always gets to the heart of the thing. And so the Lord asked me this question. If the kingdom of God is always moving forward, then why have you stopped? Let me ask you this. What has hit you so hard in 2013 that has made you stop? What is it that has made you struggle or what has made you get knocked down or what is it that has made you stop believing? What is it that has, you know, deflated your faith? What is it that has made you stop dreaming? What is it that has made you lose hope? What is it that is making you not pour into your marriage the way you used to? What is it that you stopped believing for your family, for your children, for your finances? What is, if the kingdom of God is always moving forward, what excuse do you have? What's your excuse? I didn't say it. He said it. Don't look at me crazy. The truth is the kingdom of God is always moving forward. It's always moving forward. And each and every single one of you have an opportunity to get on that train. To move forward wherever you're at in life. To move forward even when you see a roadblock. To move forward even when there is no real hope in life. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there, had to pray the prayer of hopelessness. Where you just, God, if you don't do one thing, God, do this one thing. God, just like, you know, it's, 
It's crazy. We all get to that. Listen, the second thing that God showed me was that if the kingdom of God is always moving forward, then radical is the destination of every believer. How many believers do we have in here today? You believe in God. You believe in the Bible. You believe there should be every single hand that's raised. By the end of this, you're going to all have your hands raised, okay? Amen. The second, th- the, the, the second thing the Lord showed me was the kingdom of God is always moving forward. If the kingdom of God is always moved forward, then the radical is the destination of every believer. Let me explain to you the word radical. The word radical means very new. Not just new, but very new. Have you, have you ever bought a very new car? Very new cars are very nice, okay? They smell very good. They look very good, okay? They shine very much, and they're just nice, right? Anybody like a new car? I mean, that's just great, right? And, and so here's the thing about God. God doesn't just want to do something new in your life for 2014. He wants to do something very new. And, and you know, the fact is that you might have gone through some struggles. You may have gone through some things, but God, when he gets involved in the story of your life, everything can become changed, as we read in the scriptures This is how Jesus sent out his disciples in power and authority, not just to preach a great story, but to live it out and to live it out radically. This is what God wants to do in your life and mine. He doesn't just want you to be um, a traditional Christian. He doesn't want you to. There's there's plenty of traditional Christians and there's plenty of traditional churches and there's plenty of traditional devotionals. Okay, but I want to challenge you to look at 2014 and say, wait a minute. If God wants to do something radical in my life, that must mean that I can't approach things the same way. That means that I have to step out of my box, step out of my comfort zone, start doing something that I've never done before. If you want to see different results, you have to do something different. Amen? And some of us are so fixed on making resolution. How about you make your resolution radical? I'm talking radical. How many of you gone through? Let me just ask this question because folks still ain't woken up here. How many of you have, have gone through some things in 2013? Like you could like really some tough things. Stand up. We won't stand. Just put your hands up. Put your hands up. See, there's, you know, over 75% of the people have raised up their hands in this place. And what you got to understand is there must be a season where you're able to lift your hand in victory after you go through a time of struggle and of strife. You've got to understand that whatever you faced in 2013, God can do something in your life, even if you're still dealing with the repercussions, even if you're dealing with failures. If you look at your marriage and, and, and you know, problems, the kids are going crazy. You've got to understand that God wants to do something radical in your life. Because every time Jesus gets involved in the story, life is radically different. Here's the thing. Radical people, no matter how hard they get knocked down, no matter how much they hurt, no matter what they go through or where they're at, you cannot keep a radical person down for long. Isn't that what history shows us? Isn't that what the Bible shows us? That people who believed 
this man named Jesus who preached a new way of living, who preached when the gospel and the good news shows up, when the redemptive story of Christ comes into the picture, that radical things take place in humanity, in this world, and in this life. This is what we see. But you see, when we look at the church today, the problem is we don't see radical all too often. We see glimmers of it. We see some nice, you know, maybe some examples for it. But I believe that the church is supposed to demonstrate radical in every single church, in every single ministry, in every single neighborhood, in every single home, in every single marriage, in every single business. We are the ones that are supposed to be radical. Because when Jesus shows up, life changes and it changes fast for the radical. You got to understand this, that your life is destined to live radical. But here's the problem. We want to grow it without sowing it. We want blessing without the requirement of a breakthrough. We want to have a message without the mess. We want to have a testimony without the test. You understand? You've heard this before. We want the blessing of God upon our lives, but we don't want to have to go through the process that it takes to get there. Struggle sets you up so that blessing doesn't kill you. Struggle sets you up so that you know that it was God, that it was God, that it was God. Because, you know, if half of us got blessed in this church overnight, you might just leave God because you won't need him anymore. The fact of the matter is this, is struggle is trying to save you from blessing. Because blessing is something that is dangerous. Blessing is not supposed to be something that is held in. It's supposed to be something that is flooded out. It's not supposed to be something that you just wear or you just talk about. But you are a blessing to this world. Genesis chapter 12, one of my favorite scriptures says, And you will be blessed and you will be a blessing. This, that one was for free. That wasn't in my notes. Here's the thing. Living radical will cost you something. It will cost you something. It's going to cost you making a commitment to come to church every single Sunday. And this is not a guilt trip. You want, you know, there's there's marriages that I see on Facebook. And I'm like, good Lord, you're making decisions without the word. And do you see where it's taking you? You want your family to be happy. You want your family to be prosperous. You want to live a legacy for your family, but you can't make a commitment to come to church. You can't make a commitment to say a prayer. You can't make a commitment to read his word. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. I'm just preaching, okay? Listen, understand this, that it's going to cost you something to see radical in your life. And if you want this, don't leave, bro. No, I'm just playing with you. I, I, I him and I got a good relationship. He's not, he's not. It's going to take you some sacrifice. It's going to cost something. I want to see all of you there in the first week of, of prayer. I'm not going to be there because I live far, but, um, <laughs> but I'll be praying. I, I'm, I'll be there some days, some days. 
No excuses. I got to go buy the sermon. <laughs> I grew up. If there was any sport that, 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 you know, that we really, really grew up with, my brother and I, it was boxing. And my brother likes basketball. I like football. I'm going to the Raider game today. Um, this is my message. No, I'll just mess it with you. I'll just mess it with you. <laughs> I'm just praying with you, bro. I'm hardcore writer. Anyway, listen, listen to this. Listen to this, though. I grew up in, in a boxing, you know, home. And my dad would put us up against, you know, the wall. And he would make us fight up off of the wall like if it was a ropes. And then, you know, later on in life, my, my dad bought us, uh, or actually, my dad would take me to go and watch fights at his friend's house. I, I grew up watching Larry Holmes and, and Michael Spinks and, 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 you know, Hector Macho Camacho and, and Little Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran. Y'all don't know anything about that. The younger guys don't know. Those guys, those guys can, you know, forget Floyd Mayweather. Those guys can throw down, okay? They would go toe-to-toe. They want dance. They would, let's go. I could take a punch. You can take a punch. Let's do it. Anyway, I saw some great fights. And then, and then this 19-year-old kid came on the scene. Do you remember the 19-year-old kid? Iron Mike Tyson. Nobody could last around with Mike Tyson, right? Nobody. I mean, this dude would come in and he'll just boom, boom, boom. And he'll, you know, oh, dude, is he dead? Like, I mean, this dude was just so quick. He would knock people out of the ring. I mean, he revolutionized the sport. We loved boxing. I think that when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas, I think I cried. No, that was my brother. I, um, <laughs> We got, man, we were just messed up. I think I was messed up for like three days, though, you know, because I loved Mike Tyson, even with his little, you know, you know, his, anyway, little talk and love Mike Tyson. And then we had the movie Rocky. By the time I was six years old, there were already three Rockies. So the Rocky that I remember the most is Rocky Four. And Rocky Four, man, that marked me. I was nine years old. Rocky IV came out. I mean, the cinematography was awesome. The storyline was incredible. Apollo Creed, man, no, throw in the towel, you know. I mean, this thing, the soundtrack, the soundtrack was incredible. How many of you men work out? Come on, lift up your hands. Now, how many of you have ever worked out to a Rocky soundtrack? Come on, man. You lift up your hands. Any woman, any, any man that says that he doesn't work out. Women, have you ever worked out to the Rocky soundtrack? Oh, there you go. The soundtrack was awesome. I mean, the storyline, the cinematography, that movie marked me. What do you think that does to a nine-year-old kid? Let me tell you. So we would set up these backyard fights. And we would have friends come over. And we had the Rocky soundtrack. And we would, we, would, we would have everybody that's out there. I mean, we had cut men. We had Vaseline to put on the eyes. We had, I mean, we had official gloves, you know. I mean, we, would, we were bad. And we set it up. And, 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 you know, when we got, when somebody was getting ready to go into the ring, which was just our backyard with trees around it, we would put on the Rocky soundtrack, Right? And, and, you know, James Brown came on, you know, living in America, right? And then the boxer would come out, right? And then, and then we took it even a step further. We set up smoke bombs. 
on the side of the house. We set up smoke bombs just like Rocky IV when Drago came out with it to the smoke. Yeah, we came out with like my smoke bombs, dude. Like, man, I ain't going out till I get the smoke bombs. There we go. There we go. And we would come out and we would get ready and we would throw down. I mean, we would box and we would beat the living mess out of each other. My brother and I would show up to church with red marks on our face. And people would ask my mom, did you hit them? And my mom would just say, man, they were boxing. You know, I mean, we just loved boxing. And now that I have your attention, here's why I'm telling you this. Because life is a lot like a boxing match. In fact, the challenge of the Bible when it comes down to faith is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And you don't have to turn there. It's Paul speaking to a younger man by the name of Timothy, and he simply says this, fight the good fight of faith. I think if there's any faith that counts, it's the faith that has a fight, that just refuses to quit, that is relentless, that is radical faith. I'm, I'm not talking about the faith that says, God, let me just pay this bill. Lord, let me just, I'm talking about the faith that says, God, it's not my problem, it's yours. And I know my destination is radical, but I'm not there yet, but I'm not stopping. And I believe you're going to give me a house this year too. I mean, uh, can we stop praying wimpy prayers? Like serious, can we stop? Lord, Lord, he looked at me crazy. Lord, I don't know. She looked at me crazy. Come on, can we stop praying wimpy prayers? Can we start getting tangled with the Holy Spirit and begin to pray radical prayers? Prayers that make people think, dude, you're crazy. You're crazy. I mean, I think that it's time that we start praying radical prayers. Prayers that offend people because your faith is so ridiculous. I think it's time. That we pray the prayers of the radical. Boxing and life are a lot similar than we think. Just like boxing has 12 rounds, you have 12 fresh new rounds coming called months. And no round is the same. No two rounds are exactly the same. Every round is different. Some rounds you might deliver a punch. Other rounds, you might have to take one. You might have some great success in one round, and you might have great struggle in another. But the fact of the matter is, is that it doesn't matter what the round looks like. All that matters is who's in your corner. All that matters is the wisdom and the advice that you're getting. All that matters is who's around you. Sometimes all you have is you and God, and that's okay. That is the best place to be. Look at Job and his friends. You got to understand that no matter what your round looks like, every round matters. Every round counts. There is a purpose to every round. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 starts with saying this, that to every 
reason. There, there's a purpose and a reason for every season under heaven. There is, there's a purpose to every single round, no matter how hard it is, no matter what it looks like. If, in everything that we see in our lives, you got to look for God's handprint, his fingerprint in it. God can still use the pain. God can still use the struggle. Let me close with this. Let me give you three stages that are part of the fight of faith. Three stages, three seasons that we all pass through in life. Sometimes in a month. Sometimes these Stages or these seasons even take place in a single day. Here's the thing about them. They're not all easy. But God is the master of them all. And as long as he's in your corner. It doesn't matter what the round looks like. He's still the master. And at certain points. you'll see the master actually say, get out of the ring. Let me get in there for you. The first stage is broken. And it's, not a, it's not a fun place when you feel broken. It's, it's just not. It, 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 it's tough. It's tough when your, your finances are broken. It, it's tough when your marriage feels broken, when your home feels broken, when your family feels broken, when your dream has been broken. It's tough. And I want to submit this to you. Don't stop listening to your corner. Don't stop listening to your cut man. Don't stop listening to the word of God when you're in the place of brokenness because it's in the place of brokenness that you will find the most amazing thing about God more than, than blessing. We don't like struggle. We hate it. We hate the pain. We don't like to shed tears. We don't like anybody else knowing that we're broken. We don't want anybody else knowing our faults and our failures and our issues and the the things that we think about or the things that are in our heart. We don't want anybody else knowing about this. Can I say something? CWC is a safe place where you can let somebody know. And we'll pray with you. And we'll love you. And we'll encourage you. Because God loves broken people. Doesn't like them to be broken, but he loves them. What do you do with a cup or a dish, a plate that you drop? You throw it away, right? I'm so glad that God does not throw us away. But that God looks at your marriage. He looks at your home. He looks at your dream. He looks at the very core of you. And he says, they're not a castaway. They're not to be thrown out. They're not to be, they're not to be just tossed and forgotten. And next, 
God says, no, you know what? I love that person. I got news for you. If you think you're bad, God loves bad people. Because bad people, there's some people that think that they're so bad that God does not love you. God loves bad people. He loves them because bad people make the best blessed people. Because they got a story. And they know what it's like to be at the bottom of the rope. And wanting to not get back in the ring. But somehow God lifts them up. And he says, you know what? I'm going to put them back together. And he says, son, daughter, get back in the ring. And you have a new strength in you. God loves bad people. He loves broken people. So whatever your malfunction is, you're in the perfect place. Whatever is broken, don't throw it away. Don't throw your marriage away. Don't throw your dream away. Don't throw whatever it is that you think is broken. God says, I'm going to put that back together. Because whatever is broken, I can put back together. The second thing is mended. There is a time, a span of time, in between the rounds, which are allowed for a boxer to get rest. And so it is with the sons and the daughters of God. Sometimes you've got to take off the soldier role and you have to just understand that you're a son. Soldiers are always fighting. Sons sit back and they watch their father do the business. Soldiers are always trying to to get and and I got to make this happen. I got to make this happen. Sons just say, dad, you get that because I can't. It's too big for me. There's a difference between a son and a soldier. And I think that's, that, that there is this, this, this gospel out there that you always have to fight. No, you don't always have to fight. You have to understand when you have to let him do the work. Because there's far, I think that we don't see the miracles that, we don't, that we're praying for because we're too busy trying to perform them. You have to be mended. Your life has to be mended. Your heart has to be mended. Here's the thing about life is you can do family broken. You can do marriage broken. You can even do ministry broken. But it will not last and it probably will end up hurting you or somebody else. I think it's time that we all just get fixed and put back together and the issues of our past. I've never seen so many people that are in their 30s and their 40s bawling up here and crying and this is no this is no I'm not throwing stones at you but most of them are crying over things that took place over 25 years ago I think it's time that we get healed that we get mended you want to see your marriage really really work out get healed of the issues that took place when you were a little boy or a little girl you want to see God move really in your life you want to get off the ropes and you want to start taking your swings and your shots at the enemy let's start getting healed and let's start getting mended we can't change our neighborhoods we can't change a city and we can't change the world if we're all broken because you can't export what you have never imported into your life
We need God's word. We need prayer. We need accountability. We need strong relationships in the church. I'm just tackling a whole bunch of stuff at one time. We need rest. You got to understand what it means to be in between the rounds. Where you just sit at his feet. And you say, okay, God, I'm tired. And you better believe that he's there right there in there. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that he is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close to the brokenhearted. If your marriage is broken, he's close to you. If your heart is broken, he's close to you. Your dream is broken, he's close to you. He could put it back together. He mends people. Why does he mend you? Because there's more for you to do, more for you to see, more for you to become. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fight the same battles I fought in 2013. I don't want to pray the same prayers I prayed in 2013. I don't want to pray wimpy prayers. I want to see radical. Because his word says that I'm equipped and you're equipped for radical. So God gives you a second wind. In the sports world, a second wind is simply described as this. It's a phenomenon when an athlete who is too out of breath and tired to continue suddenly finds strength to press on at a top performance with less exertion. In the Bible, wind is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, we see a church that is barely in its infant stages. It's barely starting out. How did it start it out? It started out with the wind. How did creation start? It started out with the wind, the breath of God. Okay, the Spirit of God was hovering over the, the, the earth. You understand what I'm saying? Anytime you look at situations that are dead, you think that, you know what, it's all over. Your hands are down. Your marriage is over. You feel like it's just, man, that's it. God wants to breathe His wind. He wants to, he wants to begin to pass into your life and give you a second wind. And all of a sudden, when you have a second wind in the spiritual sense, when you have a second wind in the spiritual, you begin to walk different. You begin to, to just act different. You begin to have a power that you didn't have before. And all of a sudden, there's new life in your marriage. There's new life in your dream. There's new life in the, in the places that you saw as only dead. God wants to breathe new life into you today. There is no power like Holy Spirit power. There just isn't. And I think as the church, we've done this for too long. We've done this for too long. No, no power. Why, why do we have no power in the present? We have no power in the present because there, there, we have no power for the future because there's no prayer in the present. We have no power in the future because there's no vision in the present. And why do we have those things? Because we're not... We need to know what it means to get entangled with the Holy Spirit. you got to understand what it means to have God's anointing on your life, where God sets you apart, where he, he literally begins to mark you and identify you and begins to let you know, you know what, this, just like a man goes to the, to the cut 
to the, to the cup man and he gets Vaseline put on you so that the gloves slide off. God begins to anoint you so that the enemy's darts just fly off. So demons just fly off. So problems just fly off. Why? Because I'm on my way to radical, man. Well, you know what? But there's that problem right there. There's that mountain. I'm, I'm on my way to radical, man. You can't catch a slippery person in the spirit, okay? You need the anointing. You need the Holy Spirit on your life. And some of you, some of you are looking at me crazy like, who is the Holy Spirit? I'm going to guarantee that if you pray and you're serious and you say, you know what? I want a second win. God will meet you here in the next few minutes. And God will anoint you. And God will appoint you. And you will go into two. 2014 and you will go with authority and with power and you will see God do great things in your life and you will see radical how many of you want it lift up your hands who wants the oil who wants the anointing who wants the Holy Spirit lift up your hands right now you who wants it in their marriage who wants to see it in their marriage who wants to see the fire and the wind of God in your marriage in your home how many want to see it in their dream how many want to see it in their finances how many want to see the Holy Spirit fire radically in your life they come up here right now we're gonna pray for you come on just run up here right now really quickly really quickly we're gonna pray for you and we're gonna pray God's Spirit upon you and God's gonna equip you and God is gonna send you out He's going to send you out with authority and with power. I need the prayer team up here and just begin to lay hands on people and just begin to pray for people and begin to let them know that God's got it worked out. Come on, somebody. Let's get in here. We've got the whole family coming up. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.